Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving, like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Or Organifi red juice, a superfood punch that increases energy without caffeine and only 2 grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use simply by mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com genius and use the code genius for 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com forward slash genius. Use code genius to get 20% off any item. Remember, www.organifi.com slash genius. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius Podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have David L. Katz, MD. He's the president of True Health Initiative, uh, the CEO of it, and we're going to talk about his work with diet and lifestyle medicine and all the other things he works on. So, David, thank you for coming. Good to be with you, Richard. Good luck with that mission, finding genius out there. And I sometimes wonder if there's any intelligent life down here. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's uh, there's some. I, I run into it. Yeah, it's definitely there. But <laughs> Good. That's, a, me, that's encouraging. Me, yeah. Well, tell me a bit about your, your history and then uh, your current initiative, You know what it's about. Well, I am an internist and a preventive medicine specialist by training. I did sequential residencies, the first learning how to take care of people who get sick, and the second trying to prevent people from getting sick in the first place. My career has been focused on chronic disease prevention, and in particular, leveraging the power of lifestyle, diet, and other behaviors to add years to lives, add life to years. And for the latter half of my now more than 30-year career in public health medicine, I've been focused on the confluence of healthy, vital people and a healthy, vital planet because the two are inseparable. 
we will be healthy and vital on a healthy, vital planet, or we won't be healthy and vital at all. So looking for ways to optimize the health of people and planet alike. And it's gratifying, Rich, that diet plays an outsized role at the confluence of the two. And I have chased my objectives in a variety of ways. Uh, For most of my career, I was an academic physician. So I was seeing patients, teaching and doing research. Uh, I was based at Yale University and affiliated community hospital, Griffin Hospital. And uh, in 2019, I left academia to become an entrepreneur because I invented an entirely new way to measure diet. And if we want to manage something, we have to begin by measuring it. And so uh, I founded a company, Diet ID, which I now run. And then you mentioned True Health Initiative. That's my nonprofit. I founded that uh, in or about 2015 when I was president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And what we're trying to do there, uh, we're also seeking genius, but we're looking in rarefied territory. So world-leading influencers in public health, preventive medicine, lifestyle medicine, sustainability all came together to help the world understand how much we agree about, how much is actionable, how much is fundamentally clear and true. So we say at True Health Initiative that we represent science, sense, and global expert consensus. And the council of directors there is roughly 500 people from nearly 50 countries, uh, many of them a who's who in public health all coming together to help generate a signal audible above the noise because we want to turn expert knowledge about diet and lifestyle into common knowledge so everybody can put it to good use. All right. So um, it seems like most allopaths, most regular doctors, um, they don't really talk much about diet. They actually naysay it. And they, from my experience, it seems like they don't really uh, care much about it. Uh, you do. Why is that? Why is your thinking different? And um, you know, how do you think about diet? How much of an impact can it have on people's health versus maybe what traditional medicine says? Well, first of all, my personal interest is idiosyncratic in the sense that most people who train in internal medicine spend their careers taking care of people who get sick, people with infectious diseases and diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and on and on it goes. I did that and immediately said, this isn't good enough because eight of 10 people in these hospital beds never needed to be here in the first place if they had eaten well and been physically active and managed their stress and got enough sleep and avoided tobacco and excess alcohol. So, uh, you know, I, I was I was different uh, right at the start. I, I wanted to prevent disease and maintain vitality. I had the impression, much as I appreciated my training in internal medicine, I had the impression I was being taught how to be one of the king's horses and one of the king's men. Now, Humpty Dumpty could never be put back together again because we can't unscramble an egg. So, you know, what we do in hospitals is we we patch people up. We try to prevent death. uh, We try to manage their illnesses, but we almost never restore completely intact vitality because that's a mission that begins years before someone winds up in the hospital with a chronic disease. So I wanted to be part of that. Uh, So I was different. And if you enter that world, Diet immediately looms large. I I finished my training in preventive medicine, public health at Yale in 1993. And within weeks to at most a few months of my graduation, a paper came out in the Journal of the American Medical Association entitled Actual Causes of Death in the United States. Pretty provocative title. And what the authors told us was that the things that get listed on death certificates as causes of death. So, for example, atherosclerotic disease of the coronary arteries is the cause of death when someone dies of heart disease. 
they're not really causes, they're effects. They're the proximal, immediate cause of the, the event that causes death. But what we really want to know is what caused that condition that caused the immediate event that caused death, because that's where we have an opportunity to make a difference. And way up on the list of root causes, actual causes of death, even back in 1993, was poor diet. The, the, the top three by far were tobacco, poor diet, lack of physical activity. If we fast forward to now, Rich, it, it certainly validates the choice I made because diet is number one. Poor diet quality is the single leading predictor variable for premature death in the United States today. And it was a massive contributor to premature death during the pandemic, both because it caused cardiometabolic disease, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease that made people much more vulnerable to the effects of COVID and because poor diet quality directly compromises immune system function. And so it contributed directly to the death toll as well. So I think I made a good choice. And then it turns out that by shifting diets in a direction that's better for people, you're actually doing something to help the planet and biodiversity and preserve rainforests too. So, so I'm quite happy with the choice. Most physicians, their training is all about taking care of people after they're sick and unfortunately, the prevailing attitude is if I'm not already doing it, it can't be very important. Uh, it's a bit tautological, right? So, so diet is something I haven't been trained to, to address. I'm not good about it, good at it. I'm not knowledgeable about it. Uh, and therefore, it can't be important. Well, it, it's fundamentally wrong. And I, I've spent m- much of my career trying to get colleagues to understand how wrong that is. And more and more of them do. There, there is a burgeoning interest in nutrition in medicine. It's still hard, though, for the average physician to do much about it because their their visits are so short, the demands on their time are so intense, and the opportunity to help someone change their diet in a very brief encounter is pretty limited. We need different kinds of solutions, and that's why I do what I do at Diet ID. It's a different kind of solution. We, we can deliver the help people need digitally and unburden physicians so they don't have to do the heavy lifting. Oh, okay. In terms of diet. Do you see that one type of diet works for all people or if not, you know, what are the major types that seem to work for most people? I wrote a review paper on request that was published in 2014 entitled, Can We Say What Diet Is Best for Health? And my conclusion now, Rich, and and I should also note I've led the production of four editions of a leading nutrition textbook. So I've, I've reviewed the literature very extensively, much more than most people, even much more than most people uh, who devote themselves to the field of nutrition, uh, I really do have a view from altitude. And, and my answer to that question, can we say what diet is best for health, is that the basic theme of optimal eating for our kind of animal is perfectly clear. Michael Pollan got it down to seven words, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And when he said eat food, he meant real food as opposed to frankenfood, ultra-processed junk. So there really should be no junk where food ought to be. Uh, most Mostly plants, um, diets that are mostly made up of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans, lentils, nuts, and seeds are better than diets that are mostly made up of anything else. It's just that simple. And, and not too much actually takes care of itself if you eat high-quality food. One of the many virtues of higher-quality foods in a balanced assembly is that they fill you up on fewer calories. Ultra-processed foods are actually engineered, willfully engineered to maximize the calories it takes to feel full. So struggling with weight control and obesity are almost inevitable consequences of eating a modern diet. So that theme absolutely is right for our kind of animal. And and Rich, I think that's important. We are a kind of animal. Homo sapiens is a kind of animal. And it would be odd 
if there were a basic diet that made sense for every other kind of animal, a dolphin, a shark, a giraffe, a zebra, a lion, a wildebeest, a dog, a cat, a sheep, a horse, but that weren't true for us. We are biologically more alike than different. So there's a basic theme of eating that works well for us all. But then there are many variations on that theme. There are low fat and high fat, low carb and high carb, lower protein and higher protein. There's Mediterranean, flexitarian, vegetarian, vegan, and on and on it goes. So your question about which is best for whom is a very personal question. This is where you really can get into personalized nutrition. So at Diet ID, for example, we have algorithms that help you navigate through two filters. The first is what do you want diet to do for you? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to improve your immunity? Do you want to manage diabetes? Do you want to lower your blood pressure? Do you want to protect your heart? Do you want to do all of the above? You take every box that resonates with you and we use that and filter all of the diets that our system contains and it's pretty comprehensive. And we basically judge them using the weight of evidence in the peer-reviewed scientific literature and we then rank them. So given your cluster of priorities, here are the diets that are best for that. I mean, for example, the DASH diet is the best studied for lowering blood pressure. And the kind of diet used in the diabetes prevention program is the one we know the most about for preventing diabetes. We know that the Ornish diet, the Mediterranean diet, and whole food plant-based diets are very good for managing heart disease risk and on and on goes. We then ask you a second question, Rich, and only you can answer that. And that is, of the choices, which looks appealing? How, how would you like to eat for the rest of your life? So that this, this isn't just a diet that you go on and go off, but this is a lifestyle. This is a way of eating you and your family can actually enjoy forever so that you can derive pleasure from good food and pleasure from good health. That's really the sweet spot. So those are the two filters. And so there is no one size fits all answer. We all should be eating plant predominant diets because that's absolutely better for human health better for the microbiome, better for every measure we have available to us, and also, importantly, much better for the planet. If we want to preserve aquifers, if we want to preserve rainforests, we have to shift to more plant-based eating because the environmental costs of beef production are just too high. But once you accept those fundamentals, eat food not too much, mostly plants, then you know you can choose an ethnic diet. If you're Mexican-American, that may be the way you want to eat. If you're South Asian, that may be the way you want to eat. That's all fine. You can achieve a high-quality diet in any particular lane, and you should choose that lane. And you want to do Mediterranean, fine. You want to do low-fat vegan, fine. You want to do something in between, flexitarian, pescatarian, vegetarian, all fine. Uh, and And we know this because at Diet ID, in order to build out our platform, we had to take all these different kinds of diets, stratify them into 10 tiers of objectively measured quality using the best validated measure of diet quality on the planet, the Healthy Eating Index 2015. Yeah, but and how, so how, we, could they, how could they all be fine? What do you mean? Like, it sounds well, like because, they wouldn't necessarily be fine without some modification according to maybe your protocol no, no. or knowledge, right? Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving, like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Or Organifi red juice, a superfood punch that increases energy without caffeine, and only 2 grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use simply by mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go 
and they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com genius and use the code genius for 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com forward slash genius. Use code genius to get 20% off any item. Remember, www.organifi.com slash genius. Well, no, see, what I'm saying is any one of these types of diets can be high quality or low. Let's take vegan, for example. If you had a diet of nothing but marshmallows and Diet Coke, uh, it would be a vegan diet. It would also be a horrible diet. Uh, If you ate nothing but sugar cubes, you'd have a vegan diet. It would be a horrible diet. Alternatively, you could have a vegan diet that is made up of a diverse array, balanced assembly of whole plant foods, vegetables, fruits, grains, beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, drink water mostly when thirsty. And it could be a beautiful, nutrition-dense, fortifying, vitalizing diet. They're both vegan, but the quality is massively different. The same is true with every kind of diet. So you know, a typical Mexican-American diet may not be great, but you can still enjoy that style of eating, that ethnic style of eating, and optimize the quality by improving the recipes. You essentially do a makeover for all the, the foods that make up that diet, but you don't change the character of it. And this is what our dietitians spent years doing. So for every kind of diet you can imagine, we have 10 tiers of quality. And if you shop just the top quality tiers, you have choices from paleo and low carb all the way to low fat plant exclusive and everything in between in a wide variety of ethnic diets, but all at that same objectively measured high quality level. And that's why they're all fine. And, and it won't surprise you, Rich, to hear that at that high quality level, they all have some things in common. There is no junk. They're made up of real foods. There are lots of plants. But there are lots of plants in a South Asian diet. There are lots of plants in Chinese diet. There are lots of plants in a Japanese diet. There are lots of plants in a Caribbean diet. And so they're they're just different plants. So the character of the diets is quite different, but the quality is the same. How should people think about a a diet with a name differently? So if someone says, oh, I, I want to follow a vegan diet for whatever personal reasons they have, should they still call it a vegan diet or is there a new name or a new way to think or talk about these diets that makes more sense in terms of what you see? Well, you know, it's interesting, Rich, both of those words are problematic. And, and you know, to some extent, that's just the fate of words. Words are a bit like boots. They may be really good, but if you wear them around long enough, they get dirty and you've either got to clean them or replace them. So, you know, I mean, I, I think we just we find what we don't like about any given word over time. So vegan has taken on the negative consequences of sort of you know being ideological and rigid and, you know, has been associated with zealotry. Most people I know who are vegan, that doesn't apply, uh, but that's the prevailing mentality. So vegan has negative connotations and diet certainly has negative connotations because, again, we think of diet as a verb. We, we think diet is a thing I'll do. I'll go on a diet. I'll go off a diet. I will diet to lose weight for six weeks. And then when I can't stand it any longer, I'll go back to eating the way I used to eat and gain back all the weight. I think diet is a perfectly good noun, as in a dietary pattern. It's a really bad verb because we diet alone and usually for a short period of time. We live it together and for a lifetime. So living it is much better than dieting. 
And that's what I recommend. So I don't like diet as a verb. Uh, and I think we can try to throw off the constraints of bad nomenclature. We tend now to talk more about plant predominant eating or plant exclusive eating or plant based eating rather than vegan. And maybe, most maybe we should diet, call it uh, the school of eating. And you could say, I follow the, you know, the vegan, the vegan school of thought or the, the keto school of thought. Maybe you should, that's a better way to put it. Maybe so. I, you know, I think lots of people are probably doing lots of different things. I, I try to just get at the fundamental truth. And that is, and, and this really should surprise no one. I mean, as soon as you acknowledge that horses can vary very considerably, big horses, small horses, different breeds of horses, but they're all horses. And the same kind of food is right for all of them. Some variation on the theme of oats and grass and hay. And, and that's true for every kind of animal on the planet. It invites you to think, well, you know, we're the same kind of animal. We're all homo sapiens. So it makes sense that there should be a basic theme that's right for all of us. And then it also makes sense that there should be enough variation on that theme to accommodate individual taste. However, we refer to all of that, I think is fine as long as we empower people to get there from here. So, yeah, at Diet ID, we, we don't talk a lot about diet. It, it's in the name of our business um, because that's what we do. We ID your dietary pattern. But we talk about eating, we talk about lifestyle, we talk about choice, we talk about empowerment. You know, th these, I think, are terms that, that people can relate to better. And, you know, all of the good diets are plant predominant diets because you really can't achieve a top quality diet without lots of vegetables, fruits, beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, whole grains. Well, what, I, I've, I've spoken to, I don't know, several dozen people that are into keto or carnivore. Some of them have been on it for, you know, five, six years and they seem to be pretty healthy and they've got thousands of testimonials. So how does that square with, with this being maybe the only way? Uh, well, first of all, a, a genuine paleo diet uh, is a plant predominant diet. The, the scholarly research on the Stone Age diet indicates that it was made up of a wide variety of wild plants. And of course, um, there was small game and large game hunting as well. There are a couple of important things there. First, it was a plant-predominant diet, and there's very little dissent about that in the scientific literature. Second, the kind of meat our ancestors ate was drastically different from the kind of meat people eat today. There was, but let's just state it bluntly, Rich, there was no Paleolithic pepperoni. People were eating you know, the equivalent of antelope steak, very low in fat, rich in omega-3, totally different from, from modern beef. There, There's no no indication that human beings are adapted to long-term ketosis other than, you know, brief bouts of relative starvation. So, you know, if, if you're using that as a tactic to subdue brain activity or to prevent seizures, it's justifiable. If you're using that as a fairly extreme tactic to control your weight, it, you know, it might be helpful to some people, but very few people can sustain keto. Um, I've explored this extensively. There's no long-term outcome literature. Most evidence would suggest that keto, while people maintain it, uh, causes impairment in blood lipids uh, and actually accelerates atherosclerosis and inflammation. I'm not a fan. Um, you know, it, there's and, you know, if you're talking about a carnivore approach to being keto, so, you know, a high meat diet, simple fact is to go back where I started, I care a lot about the planet. Uh, Earth is my favorite planet. And if we ruin it, we're, our goose is cooked. And 8 billion hungry homo sapiens eating plant, uh, animal food predominant, beef predominant, meat predominant diets will accelerate the demise of everything that matters in the natural world. 
I, I think we have to take that into account. Now, I, I still think we can accommodate an interest in low-carb eating. Some of my favorite work in that area is courtesy of Dr. David Jenkins, University of Toronto. Uh, by the way, the keto diet is not new. Uh, you know, people talk about it as if it is, but you know, it, it was phase one of the Atkins diet. So this has been in play since at least the 1970s and was extremely popular in the late 90s. It's just come around again, which is what tends to happen. But back at that time, uh, when there was extreme interest in, in the Atkins diet and consequently keto, uh, Dr. Jenkins, uh, who is very concerned about planetary impacts and also concerned about long-term health effects, so he and I share those interests, developed something called the Eco-Atkins diet, which essentially was a plant-based approach to a high-protein, essentially low, simple carbohydrate diet but was environmentally friendly and friendlier to your serum lipids, your blood pressure, your coronary arteries. So, you know, again, I, I think that inclination can be accommodated up to a point. I will tell you this as well. So when my dietitians, who had marching orders to develop 10 tiers of quality for every diet tried to do that for keto, they couldn't, they couldn't get past tier seven. In other words, you, you simply cannot achieve an objective top quality diet and maintain ketosis. And that's important. What does that mean? What are the tiers? Well, each tier represents uh, a decile of the Healthy Eating Index 2015, which is a 100-point scale that has been correlated directly with all-cause mortality and total risk of chronic disease, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, dementia, et cetera. So as the scores go, so goes your risk of dying prematurely or getting a major disease. So the top quality diets are above 90 we couldn't get a keto diet that was anywhere near that score. Every other diet we scored, we could get all 10 tiers. We couldn't do it for keto. Just, you know, basically it either was no longer ketogenic uh, or it wasn't uh, objectively high quality. We couldn't achieve both. So we got it as high as tier seven. I was impressed they could do that, uh, but that's the size it would go. And it's the only diet that where that's true. So, you know, essentially what that says is if you use an objective measure of diet quality, validated directly against the risk of death, you're lowering the ceiling if you choose a ketogenic diet. So I don't advise it for all of those fairly objective reasons. Well, is this, is this a scale that you guys came up with? or where, you know? No, 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 no. This is a scale that was developed jointly by a number of academic institutions, the USDA. Um, it has dozens of peer-reviewed publications. It's been compared against mortality in gigantic data sets, 100,000 people, a million people. Um, no, we just used it because it's the world's most robust measure. We did not develop it. Mm, okay, it makes sense. So I don't know, what are some of the, uh, you know, the nuances of what you, you help people do with their diet? Can you, well, you know, I know it's, everyone's different, but what kind yeah, of specifics so, can you talk about? Sure, well, let me, let me, I'll tell you how our system works because um, it, it really, the fundamental advance here, Rich, it, it, it's a, uh, an insight that spans both business and medicine. So there, there's a famous expression in the world of business, we manage what we measure, right? I mean, it's hard to tell if you're doing a good job or a bad job if you don't measure something. So, you know, where, where were we when we started and where do we want to go and did we get there? All those things are obviously important. And it's true in medicine too. The things that matter most, we call vital signs. So your heart rate, your blood pressure, your temperature, we measure them all the time. Uh, your respiratory rate. We need to know what they are. There's a normal range. If you're in the normal range, good. If you're outside the normal range, something's wrong. Uh, really important information. Well, 
I told you earlier in this conversation, the single leading predictor of premature death in the United States today is poor diet quality. But who has their diet quality measured? Uh, I doubt you ever have. I mean, do you happen to know the objective measure of your overall diet quality? I don't know if there was an objective measure. So, no. <laughs> right, right. Well, you've got lots of company, right? I mean, doctors don't talk about, I mean, you never hear about diet as a vital sign. You never hear you're supposed to know your diet quality, but you probably had your blood pressure measured somewhere along the line, right? You know that blood pressure is important, right? Yeah, no, I know that yeah, blood pressure, yeah. so, uh, you know, supposedly cholesterol, you know, your, your triglycerides, yeah, your, uh, a lot of right, biomarkers. Your, your, your weight, right? There are a number of measures weight, that we yes. know are really important. And, and so- if diet quality is the single leading predictor of premature death from all causes, obviously we ought to know what it is. So we're not blundering around in the dark. And we means both clinicians, health professionals, and we, the patients, this is a measure that matters in our lives. But it's just been too hard to get that information. You don't want to fill out a 90-minute questionnaire trying to remember every food you ate, when you ate it, how much you ate, what sauce you had with it You know, for the last six months. It's just too painful. But those are the kinds of methods that people were stuck using until we invented a new one. So we came up, we basically reverse engineered dietary assessment. So instead of you trying to remember you know, exactly how many French fries, donuts, uh, or Brussels sprouts you've had in the past six months uh, and, you know, what you ate them with. We created a diet map where every cell in the map is displayed as an image, an image you can see alongside another image on a smartphone screen. And that image represents a unique combination of diet type and diet quality. And we play a game with you. And, and I'm looking at a picture of you now, Rich, and, and uh, the two of us both have glasses. Um, so we've been to the eye doctor to get these glasses. Right. And you, you sort of play a game at the eye doctor. You look through a device. It's called the Feropter. You see a picture of something. And there's version A, version B. And one of them is in focus and one is not. And you have to – the game is answer the question, which side is more in focus, A or B? And you answer. And then they swap the images. And you do it again. And you keep doing it until it gets really hard to tell the difference because they're both in focus. And you make that final decision, mm, got to go with B, and you're done. And they have an exact match for your eyes in a unit called diopters. Well, we've basically invented that game for measuring diet. So we've created a comprehensive diet map. It's made up of images. We show you two and say, which of these looks more like stuff you eat, A or B? And you answer the question, we play the game until we've got you. And then we use that same advance, which took years to develop, to help you identify a goal diet. And it's not just a name. It's an image. You can actually look at foods and say, this looks appealing. This is a, this is a kind of diet that will you know, get, get me to my goals if I'm, my goals are about weight or immunity or overall health or whatever they may be. Uh, your algorithms have told me this is one of the candidate diets, and it looks really good. I, I could eat that way. Okay. Well, now we, we've given you where you are and where you want to go, we can then plot the route from A to B, just like GPS does, right? GPS tells you, here's where you are now. You tell me where you want to go. I'll plot a route from here to there, and I'll create a turn list. Well, we do the same. So we populate that route from wherever you're starting to wherever you want to go with a series of incremental adjustments to the way you eat that add up to the total change you're trying to make. And then we track your progress. And we track your progress without you needing to log foods or journal or you know, do any lengthy survey, we just play the game again. Say, okay, let's find where you are now. And at any given point in time, we can take where you are now, subtract where you were when you started and show you exactly the progress you've made down to the nutrient level. It's really cool. And uh, we've deployed to many thousands of people and 
consistently see improvement in diet quality because this makes it personal and makes it easy and incremental. And you know, we're, we're on a mission to make diet the vital sign it deserves to be and to empower people to get to dietary goals that combine loving food and food loving you back. As I say, you should be able to get pleasure from the food you eat and pleasure from your health. And what you eat should support that health, not threaten it. Yeah. What do you notice when uh, people are on, you know, the right diet for them? Is it easier for them to comply with it, or you know, like what do you see that's different in the outcomes of the people you work yeah. with versus, let's say, other programs? Yeah, I, no, I think that's a great question. Absolutely, it's much easier to comply because you know you think about most approaches to dieting, even the best-selling diet books. Right? I mean, the, the Atkins diet was the Atkins diet. It's sort of Atkins way or the highway. You, you don't read the Atkins diet to go on a Mediterranean diet. You read the Atkins diet to go on the Atkins diet. And similarly with keto, kind of, you know, my way or the highway. We say your way should be your way. You want to do low carb, do low carb. You want to do low fat, do low fat. You want to do Southern, do Southern. You want to do Caribbean, do Caribbean. You want to do Chinese, do Chinese. You do you. Uh, we'll just help optimize within the parameters you give us. So absolutely, we see much higher engagement levels. We see much higher success levels and we see much less friction overall because, you know, essentially we're not telling anybody where to go. We're asking them where they want to go and we're helping them get there. That's totally different. Well, very good. Well, Dr. Katz, where can people go? Like, so, you know, not everyone can see you. Should someone ask their physician to look over your resources or how, how do they dip their toe in and get started and find out more about your protocols and everything you have to offer? Yeah, well, thank you very much, Rich. Um, yeah, so for, for Diet ID, it, that, it would be exactly that. We don't, we're, we're not in the app store for individual use. We license to health professionals and, and organizations. So yes, you can learn more about it at dietid.com. But if you're a patient and you're interested in accessing this tool, you would talk to your health provider, uh, your physician or, or other health professional about it because they can license it from us and make it accessible to you. In terms of the work of the True Health Initiative, uh, striving to achieve healthy, vital people on a healthy, vital planet, learn more at truehealthinitiative.org. And if you don't want to remember all of that, you can just go to davidkatzmd.com, which is my personal website, which links to everything else that I'm involved with. Oh, uh, last question. Do you see that people's current physicians push back on any of the, uh, you know, the things that you discussed in Diet ID or, you know, how do they, how do you bring them along so they're with you and they're like, yeah, this makes sense and I want this for my patient? Uh, we've not encountered any resistance to Diet ID because, again, we're, we're probably the single least ideological approach to improving diet they could hope to find. We include every kind of diet. We even include keto. You know, I just, I told you we couldn't achieve a top quality version of the keto diet. It's restrictions, but we include it. And so, you know, our, our, our goal is to help everybody eat optimally, whatever kind of diet they're willing to eat. So there's no real reason for resistance there. And certainly, you know, physicians know today the importance of diet. The, the American College of Cardiology has adopted the formal position that diet is so important to cardiovascular health that it should be measured in every patient encounter. So the, the formalities of medicine are changing and moving in that direction. So there isn't any resistance. We've, we've not encountered any. The, the only kind of resistance we tend to get, Rich, is, is simply the fact that physicians are already too busy. They're harried. They're stressed. They're burned out. And if it feels like there's anything extra they need to do, even making the choice to adopt a, a new tool 
sometimes can be too much. So, uh, you know, for that very reason, we're, we're really interested in working with larger institutions that can integrate this into health records, electronic health records, and, and make it completely effortless and, and frictionless for the busy clinicians. But we haven't encountered any resistance other than that. Oh, good. Yeah, I was just curious about that. So, well, excellent. Well, Dr. Katz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your help. Thank you. My pleasure, Rich. Take good care. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with the ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving, like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Or Organifi red juice, a superfood punch that increases energy without caffeine and only 2 grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use simply by mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com genius and use the code genius for 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com forward slash genius. Use code genius to get 20% off any item. Remember, www.organifi.com slash genius. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.